Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We've got Zachary, we've got Lars, and it is almost Christmas, but it, more importantly, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, we're talking about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yes, thanks, Mason. It's good to be with you here. Uh, Zachary, it is uh, Advent 4, also this year, then um, Christmas Eve morning. So we're all uh, tied up around Christmas and Advent, and churches, congregations might be having Advent, might be having Christmas Eve, and mm-hmm. in the uh, in the ball of this. But you've got chosen for us today, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, one of the more um, known Advent hymns. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Especially, why is this hymn so long? Well, um, I'll say a couple things. One, um, if you're walking through um, any uh, grocery store, department store. If you're out, not in the church, this might be the one Advent hymn you're going to hear uh, played. In fact, um, a few years ago when we sang this in worship, somebody said, oh, this is my favorite Advent hymn. And I always take that to mean it's probably the only one they know because um, that's likely, right? There, there aren't that many that are that are sung um, uh, sometimes in churches or, or um, out in the secular world that are heard. But this one, for whatever reason, is. I think it probably has more to do with the haunting melody than it does all of the stanzas, as you mentioned. <laughs> uh, I doubt uh, too many um, pop stars have recorded all eight. Um, part of the reason this works really well uh, this weekend, and it speaks to why the hymn is, is as long as it is in, in uh, just number of stanzas, is because of um, a little bit of its history. So it goes um, back centuries, but um, they, these stanzas were originally written um, to be sung uh, leading up to Christmas Eve um, and the birth of Christ as what what has been called the, the great O antiphons. Um, quick Google search will return the original text of these which organized um, the words slightly differently um, in each, in each uh, stanza. But really what they did was they served to bookend the singing of the Magnificat. Um, so from December 17th to the 23rd, the church um, would uh, sing these petitions. Um, that's why you see it printed in some hymnals at the, at the bottom um, of, of the hymn. It will show you where each belong. And... Um, they began by naming Christ through the titles and then um, concluded actually not with the refrain we know so well, but with um, endings of what they wanted uh, this, this, this uh, one to come to do. So, uh, for example, stanza six uh, originally was this. O day spring, splendor of light everlasting, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So you have the, the title, and then come and enlighten those who sit in darkness. 
Um, that's the way this was used. Now, as you can imagine, um, with seven uh, or, well, seven, eight, the first and the eighth are the same, with seven refrains to recall and sing across uh, multiple days of worship, um, and they probably didn't have them nicely printed out in hymnals so you could remember, um, the people gathering for worship needed some way to, well, jog their memory. <laughs> oh, what a... What is it? What title for Jesus is it this week that we have to remember? And so the refrains were actually organized to form in the in the original language to form an acrostic poem. Now this is no different than um, those who hold up uh, signs at sporting events um, that are like for the uh, for the network CBS and you know there's a. There's something referencing football um, or, or any other nationally televised games. We see these all the time. And, of course, the networks are willing to put those on because that's, that's our network. We'll take that. Um, but in the case of the, the hymn, they're organized in an order. And then when read backwards – this is very interesting <laughs> to me when, – when read backwards, it formed the meaning, tomorrow I will be present. So – uh, it was this way of working toward Christmas while singing this thing backwards, um, which in a, in a beautiful way, I think it's a little bit of what Advent is. It feels very backwards to us. Christ was promised, but he's here, but we're waiting for his return, but we're also celebrating Christmas. And in some ways, this hymn uh, <laughs> says, yeah, it's a jumbled mess, and I'm going to try to make sense of it for you. So uh, that's how the hymn came to be. And so singing this actually, uh, just as we're on the edge of Christmas Eve, uh, for those uh, faithful uh, uh, lectionary uh, followers uh, who Sunday morning this year will, uh, will be singing, the, uh, will be holding Advent four services, this is the hymn to sing. And not only that, but uh, you know, you, if you if you can do these every day, uh, you can even maybe sell a game to the New York Times. Uh, it could be like the the Christian Sudoku <laughs> it, it here, right? Is, it's right. All, all these puzzles put together. People, right? people want Advent calendars that are sort of new and fresh. How about yeah, just how, this? And you have to you have to make it all the way through the days, and before you know uh, how to spell the the word backwards uh, to know that Jesus is being born tomorrow, right? It's, it's really That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really really neat. So. Um, uh, that's how it exists. And that's why it's so long. That is, yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, that's such a well-known Advent hymn. Um, is there any reason why we shouldn't sing it every week? Well, I thought, you know, you could. And frankly, um, uh, uh, we have been uh, in the congregation here. I've used it every week um, because, well, I don't want to get fired and sing all eight in one week. <laughs> so you have to stretch this out. On the other hand... Um, it works particularly well this weekend because of all the, I think, all the titles that are packed in with um, what the angel brings to Mary and all these things that um, to the person, uh, to the average person, and, and to me too, as I'm reading, I say, well, that's an awful lot. Um, I, I wonder what all of these things mean. Um, one that's referenced in, uh, uh, the, in this weekend's text is Christ as being from the house of David. Stanza four of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel will talk about um, uh, Christ as being from the branch, branch of Jesse, which of course is related, father and son there, um, to save from the depths of hell, give us victory or the grave, the hymn says. So it tells you what this one who is promised in, in, uh, from the house of David has actually come to do, um, has I think a helpful way of um, 
bridging the gap between some of the prophetic language uh, that we hear in the, the lectionary text um, that may be over people's heads. Of course, the sermon helps with this too, and ideally they work together. But uh, the hymn finally starts to say, yes, we have all these prophecies, but we're really asking Christ to do uh, these things at the conclusion. So um, it's one of the reasons I think it's especially strong. You have, I mean, it's replete with imagery, uh, every every stanza. Um, some year, you know, you could do a whole series on every stanza and where where these titles come from and and what they are. But but um, I think it's particularly uh, helpful in the context of of all the titles uh, that we're giving Christ this weekend. Um, the refrain then is interesting, which is as I mentioned was not part of the original, at least as the as the stanzas were were arranged, um, because it's the same sort of. Uh, greeting given to Mary. Uh, well, the translation says, greetings favored one. I learned, thanks to Luther House, that this is uh, grace and more grace. This is grace <laughs> multiplied. Um, well, good. Then we get to say rejoice, rejoice, um, be glad, know God's grace, and the promise then finally, because the whole hymn is a giant prayer, that, which is all helpful, full of imagery. But the refrain finally says, God with you shall come. God, God will do what he's promised to do. And, uh, and, and there's a promise at the end. Um, and all we have to do is come back later that afternoon or evening and uh, see who this one is. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.